Welcome to Out of the Box with Christine, the podcast for conscious entrepreneurs. Are you willing to step into your greatness? Are you ready to shine? Well, get ready, truth seeker. You're in for an amazing ride. And now, here's the host of the show, Christine Blasdale. Welcome back out of the boxers to Out of the Box with Christine. I'm your host, Christine Blasdale, and I am super excited about today's show. I'm happy that you're here. Make sure you buckle up because we are going to be talking with Misha Rubin, who is the CEO of Leap by Design and the mastermind behind the Career Leap Method. He works with mid-career professionals, executives, and leaders of all stripes who are interested in initiating and implementing meaningful and intentional career changes and or expanding their leadership impact. And I like this because this is about being scary and jumping off that perpetual cliff and maybe not knowing where you're going to land, but having the faith and also knowing that you have the skill set behind you. Um, not until very long ago, he was actually a partner at a big four management consulting and accounting firm, which is Ernst & Young, which is the one of the biggest companies. I am uh, very familiar with them, where he spent 15 fruitful years of his career and through his own corporate experience, personal quest for meaningful and work and hundreds of meeting hundreds of professionals. He has now created the Career Leap Method, and he's my special guest today. Misha Rubin, thank you so much for joining me and being on Out of the Box with Christine. Christine, it's truly a pleasure to be with you. So let's talk about this because you had your own career leap, obviously, 15 years in a, a major uh, company. Was it, was it also, were you there in New York at, at Ernst & Young for this uh, time? Yeah. So you were there th that whole time. So let's talk about your journey. First of all, how did you find yourself? I understand that you're from, uh, from Ukraine. And how did you find yourself here in America? <laughs> well, about 29 years ago, my family immigrated. I was right in the midst of my studies. So I, I finished my education. I got my degree in computer science and math at NYU. And I remember it's a very interesting kind of time to go back to there because it's when you're so young, you kind of really think there's so many possibilities. You know, and then, and then you look at the conversations that happening in your community. It might not be necessarily even like a pressure that somebody's forcing you to do something, but the conversation around, you know, there were Russian speaking immigrants from the former Soviet Union. The conversation was go get a degree in computer science, go graduate as soon as possible and go get a job on Wall Street. That was the type of the conversation. And I wish somebody took my hand then and just had me pause and say, Nisha, so much is possible. What do you really wanna do? Just think about it. Um, but nobody does that, <laughs> right? Nobody Very rarely. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> But it's is it interesting because I'm when you were talking about that I was just having a flashback myself, mm -hmm. sort of um, after you know after high school and then go in going through college because because there was no question it was like oh you're going to college you know <laughs> you're going to university that's that's not a question, 
And I'm glad I did because I still I didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. Um, I think when I was really young, I wanted to be like a, a scientist or something to, just because I had a microscope. Um, but when you're when you're going to, to college and you have to have a degree. So you kind of have to narrow down what it is that you somewhat want to do. You're still experiencing life. You're still figuring out what it is that you that you want to do out of life. So did you know that though? Did you did you feel like you were uh, kind of placed into an area where you could experience those different um, courses and learn a little bit more about what you do want, or did you just say, yeah. "This is what I got to do"? No, the immigrants. You know, you there to survive and to make it. So no, there was no room and time to think about what it is really and there was no also context for that you know because i know it's not only for immigrants um that that type of a conversation there is no good framework for it that and that's basically was my realization and my personal inquiry and i spent over 20 years on wall street and i did and i tried a lot of things and and in my personal quest of so what I should do next so I kind of always had a feeling this is not it this is not it but the question how do do I get to what is it though I I didn't find any any framework to think about that and that was one of the reasons that um, after I jumped off the cliff and I will talk more about that but as I jumped off the cliff I, I realized that we need a process almost like a method to help guide people to think about what it is they are here to do and how to make both choice that's meaningful and intentional and practical and works for the, for life, how, how to do that. And that's what I've been doing for the past two and a half years. That's beautiful. Oh, that makes me feel so soft and gooey inside when you say that. Because, <laughs> but you're right. You know, the pressure of actually being, you know, an immigrant's uh, child, uh, a, a son of an immigrant, you know, you, you hear and I know what my my mom, my my and my dad was American, but my mom was from North Africa. And just her process of getting to the country and how she was treated, you know, I mean, back in those days too, you know, they weren't kind of foreigners, right? They were like, speak American. Um, but the pressure, especially if you if you're coming from an, uh, a family that's that's sacrificed a lot to get here. It's like it's all on the golden child now. It's like you right. we've you know, we walked 10,000 miles barefoot to get you here. And now you have all of this, you know, these opportunities. And they're really um, even if they don't say it, like you said, even if they don't sit down and say you're you're our, our hope, <laughs> you, you need to make it. Um, but there is that is a lot of pressure on someone. Right. Because how how many young people know exactly they wake up and they know exactly this is what I want to do and this is what I'm passionate about because we we have many passions usually when we're when we're younger um but yeah that that must have put a little bit of extra uh pressure on you as well let's talk about your your own so that that um that leap that you made um just a few years ago and mm-hmm. and and the process that you sort of went through maybe you can help our listeners and our viewers that are on youtube help help guide them a little bit if they're going through the same thing sure well let me tell you what i did and i don't recommend you do you do that <laughs> <laughs> so right. 
I was sitting in a meeting in one of these um, new service offering meetings where we were thinking about what some what what is the next thing that we're going to sell to our clients, which are for the most part large banks. And as I was sitting in that meeting, and at that time I was you know partner for five years, I was making more money than I could have ever imagined as an immigrant coming to the United States. I had uh, recognition, you name it. And I was unfulfilled at my job at the same time. And I, and as everybody participated in this conversation during that meeting, and I remember that I started saying something in this really, you know, the serious work voice, you know, and as I was speaking, I heard my quiet voice that told me, uh, there is no way you're going to be doing this anymore. You're done. It was just so, it, I, I call it a moment of truth. Um, I call it a moment of choice um, where I just knew that that I'm done. And, and I jumped off the cliff. And one of the reasons that I developed the career leap method is so that people don't have to jump off the cliff. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a good idea, not necessarily a good idea for most people to do that. Um, yeah, and I always knew that I wanted to do something in um, in in personal development space. I was very interested about that. And at the same time, I didn't have a clear idea. So as I'm sitting there and making this decision, I'm a breadwinner in the family. I have three young children. I'm not clear what it is exactly I want to do. Uh, so it was actually really scary. That's why I call it jumping off the cliff. And that's why I say, don't do it. <laughs> Unless you really have to, you know, um, have, a, have a plan of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was the impulse was very strong. It was very strong, and I just followed it. And I, I know, I just knew that that was my time. And about several months into that, as it often happens with me, I woke up and I suddenly knew exactly why I wasn't fulfilled. Like I had language for it. I could articulate it. And that was the beginning of the career leap method. And then since then, I've been working with people in, um, I call it that I facilitate meaningful, intentional life changes. And uh, in the areas of career, uh, in the area of leadership. So if there is a leader that wants to maximize their impact in the area of business, if somebody wants to be in a business that's aligned, um, and also with people that are retiring and thinking about their legacy. So those are the areas of my interest and my expertise. So you took, you're taking your best qualities and facilitating people in meaningful work where, where you, you actually, you're not dreading that Monday. Do you know, I, I've, I mean, I've talked, I've spoken to so many people who, um, well, that's what I think. That's when so many people have like heart attacks and things. This is like on a Monday. Um, that dread of, oh, I've got to do this again, and all of the stuff that comes with it, and and still being tied because it's very difficult for people to pull away from. It's it's easier to know what is it? It's easier to know the devil that you know than the you know than than something that they don't know. So even though doing that same the job that 
and it doesn't matter if they're in the corporate world or if they're you know going to a brick and mortar you know working at a pizza shop whatever it is that brings you that dread or that unfulfillment then it's a that's a really tough thing to do like as you say when you're the breadwinner when you have kids when you have a mortgage to say to to listen to that voice and to quiet ourselves to the point to listen to that voice that's really key don't you think to be able to I quiet, think that, quiet yourself mm-hmm. i think you know i spent a lot of time thinking about that and also talking to so many people now i think part of it that people really don't know how to get out there is a no and i think and they and people also not clear what it is they want to do so when you're not clear what it is you want to do and how to discover then that fear is so huge because you can't really answer any of the questions and prepare yourself for any future but I always say, if you had a method of discovering what it is, and if you could evaluate whether it's the right choice, whether you're prepared, whether what else you need, whether maybe you do need to have some extra education, or maybe you do need to have some savings if you want to start a bit. Like, if you could really go through this process of thinking this through, of looking at all your options, of evaluating them, of diving deep into several ones and see, then you still then it's not jumping off the cliff, you know, then it's making a leap. And then I think you still, there is fear and there is still a risk, but not not as big as when you jump off the cliff, but you have no idea what it is. And I think where people get stuck is that, and I, and I remember myself in that space, but you really just don't know what it is. And when you don't know what it is, it's kind of, you, you're kind of paralyzed. I can see that conversation coming home. Honey, <laughs> guess what? I quit my job. I don't know what I want to do, but I know I want to do something else and I don't know what it is. That would be a great conversation to listen into. Um, well, that's why I say you want to prepare you know, your board of supporters and a big part of board of supporters are the people that are called your life partners, which would be your spouses or people that you live with together, significant others. So you want to be having these conversations with them early on about what it is you want, what it is you're not happy with. So they kind of with you on that journey. So when you are pulling a plug, they are your biggest supporters and it's your job to turn them into biggest supporters. So would you say that most of your clients are, are, are these folks that are, have already sort of pulled the plug uh, and are like free falling or are they people that are already in high levels, you know, different positions in the corporate world. And this is something that they've been thinking about and they're smart enough to contact you before they write that letter. Right. And hit, hit send. Yeah. Most again, I'm, I, I specifically designed this method so people don't need to be in free fall. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of people that come to me, they kind of been in that space of questioning. So what is, should I do? You know, it's very interesting. There is this age group of people that come to me at 55. That's exactly the age. <laughs> I have several clients. And, and I feel like there is something that happens at that time. Like if not now, then when? And then, but then people come to be in the 40s and, and in 30s when they feel like they're ready. It's almost like you need to know that it's time. It's time to go and and get your life aligned. And sometimes you need to have those moments. Um, 
I guess a great change a lot of times happens when you hit that wall, right? When when and when you're you're doing something in life, and um, and you'll keep doing it, and then when you hit that wall, uh, whatever it is, whatever major event happens, uh, that can at times facilitate change, uh, in a in a person. But the the idea too that to do something meaningful with our lives this is something that's really really important and uh, I, f- I find that um, a lot of people well a lot of our our wonderful listeners they get it about the idea of doing something meaningful with their with the work that they do but um, can you talk a little bit about that and um, and me- be- something meaningful is different for everybody right I mean yeah, yeah. go yeah. ahead so so one of my revelation was for myself and with others that in order to make choices about your future career steps, you need to have a criteria, how you're going to evaluate them. And that that criteria, it consists of a few pieces, but one of them is actually something intrinsic to who you are. It's something really how you are. And I call it your personal guiding criteria. So so inside of that criteria, there are things like your vocational values or your strengths, your motivational mechanisms, and your interpersonal profile. So if, if you, for instance, understand your vocational values, let me use myself as an example. So my vocational values are making a difference, clarity, and creating. So once you understand your vocational values, you know immediately why you're not fulfilled with your current job. And it also creates parameters for what type of industry you want to be in, what type of organization you want to be in, in what type of a role you want to be in. So then, so, and then, you know, I, I remember when I was still kind of in this inquiry, what should I do next? And and I've heard a lot, like, just follow your passions, follow your dreams. There's all these like <laughs> screaming around happening, right? And that made me feel so lost because it kind of wasn't guiding me. And and then I realized that passion is an outcome. You know, if you are living inside of your values paradigm, right? If you are in the right industry and, and the right organization and doing the right thing or start, if you, st- if you have your own business and it's aligned with your values, you know, if you, then passion is very likely to arrive. It's, it's truly an outcome of alignment, uh, but it's not something to necessarily chase <laughs> on the first place. Right. Right. It's being, it's, it, it's being in a space too, that you, um, that you can pull from so right. that when you have, cause not every day is going to be roses and, you know, <laughs> wine, it's <laughs> whatever it is that you do. And, and even if you're, if you change careers uh, and you're doing something mm. or you start your own business after working for a, a company or corporation for a long time, um, there's going to be moments, but, but because you're doing something that you're in alignment with those down days or those rough days seem to be a little bit easier to handle because you're at least doing something that you know t- towards something that you're passionate about um I, I was just discussing this with my client you know this way she said in my life like what i noticed this is not 
like I want it in this particular way and it's not like that. And I said, by the way, this is not going away. Th this was always the case. But when you wake up in the morning and you know why you're doing all these things that you're doing, that the clarity of the meaning and purpose of those things is unquestionable. Then it's very different context, but things, you know, I just, you know, applied for this grant and somebody was, you know, for children of Ukraine for this uh, organization that we started. Yeah. And I wanted to receive an answer today and I still don't have an answer. So there's still <laughs> where my life is not like how I wanted to be, you know, I wanted the answer, but the purpose of actions and the context for living is completely different. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, because it's something that you're, um, that fulfills you in many, many ways, it's okay if it's going to take you, if, if it takes a little bit longer, it just seems to be all right. The pressure of, 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 of working, especially w working for someone else or working in a field where you, you, you're, you're basically, you're done. You, you don't want to do this anymore. That even spending, you know, half a day there is, is so stressful to people mm. uh, and again because the pressure of feeling that they have to do it um long 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 gone are the days of you know you work for a company for you know years and years and years and then you retire and they give you a you know golden parachute and a, and a watch and say you know congratulations mm. and you're and you're taken care of it's a different world because as we see you know stuff happens right so why not on that crazy you know, merry-go-round merry of life. Why not uh, do something that 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 brings you joy, that that is of of interest to you? I think that's one of the smartest things that you can do for you and your kids. You're setting yeah. an example as well for your children, don't you think? Like, not just to do something because everybody's expecting you to, but to do something that that is that is for your purpose, that that brings you joy. That's a mm -hmm. very good example, I think, to set for kids. Absolutely. I think that um, kids don't listen to what we tell them, but they inherit our blueprint of life. So if you're coming home miserable or unfulfilled, even if you're hiding behind hugs and smiles, kids know. They feel it, they inherit it. And I think part of what it is and being an empowered um impactful human which is one of the concepts that i bring in my programs how to be that empowered and impactful right one of them is truly being a great example for kids and community where you are and um, so your personal fulfillment has a bigger impact than just how you feel mm. that's a lot of power in that and speaking of 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 children um misha uh tell us a little bit about uh, worldwide orphans and and your involvement with this nonprofit organization. I know this is something that's dear and dear to you. Yeah, so I've been on the board of this organization for um, eight years, and I always had a passion for children. I have three adoptive children myself. Worldwide orphans doesn't have to do anything with adoption, but we work with orphans, but also with other kids, with vulnerable children, with children at war children with different types of diseases and things like that. So each of our countries has its own specifics. And, and you know, 
I always had a dream to bring this organization to Ukraine, but that kind of there was no pathway to that. And when the war happened, it took me about five weeks to be like in this major shock. I couldn't even move. And when I was getting out of it, I was like, oh, my God, it's time to bring our organization to Ukraine. So we we call that organization in Ukraine, Children of Ukraine. Um, it's, a, it's a part of Worldwide Orphans. And we work with children with trauma. So right now, we're doing work with children, uh, refugees. So there was a lot of children that overnight had to escape uh, places where they lived. They lost their social ties, academic ties, you name it, right? So we have a methodology, uh, trauma-informed, play-based methodology for kids. So they started out programs with children in Ukraine, in Lviv, that's where I'm from. That happened in May, and then in June I traveled there, so it was great to see my beautiful city, unfortunately with air sirens and with some damage from bombing and uh, and a lot of sad stories. Um, but the great thing that came out, out of it, there's a lot of amazing people that kind of connected to their to their purpose and doing great things in a lot of different ways, including with kids. So right now, as we speak, we're conducting our second old Ukrainian training, meaning we have our team in Ukraine that is trained to train others in our methodology. And we're currently serving about 250 kids. And I think we'll be doubling that uh, in a matter of days as we opening up new centers after training. Um, and then we are working with schools where we teach teachers, you know, uh, schools and kindergartens to give them the tools of how to be with kids in trauma. And we're about to start to work with the first orphanage in Lviv. So children always kind of that have the, the most impact by everything that's happening in the world. And um, they're the quietest victims usually. Yes. Um, and it's also takes uh, knowledge to serve them because it's beyond just giving somebody food or toys or clothes. You know, we do much more because we train people in the community how to be with kids with trauma. And that's what they really need to be with other kids, to be in that environment with adults that know how to be with them. Absolutely. So I'm very involved with that. Wow. Is there, um, if, if people want to find out, how can, how can people support uh, that organization is there a website that they can go to yeah you can go to www.org www.org and then um the information about uh what's what's going on there in the ukraine they can find that there as well yeah and you can make a donation if you want to and you'll be about to have a gala on november 11th you can join us so there's many ways to participate oh that's beautiful that is that is absolutely beautiful and you're right you know well as the case that in the Middle East and Ukraine and wherever there is um, war and, and conflict and things like that, the ones that suffer the most, of course, are, are women and children. But the ones that we don't really hear about, um, what they're going through are, are the children and that anxiety and depression and trauma that they have to um, that they have to process and live through and so i'm so very very honored uh, to have you on the show today and 
and the work that you're doing is meaningful. <laughs> you did the right thing. You did the right thing, Misha. You know, it took me a long time to get here, uh, but I feel like all parts of my life are in alignment right now. You know, whether I spend time with my family and with my children and I serve them, whether I serve my clients in their leaps, whether I serve children of Ukraine, I feel like my life is in alignment. And so there is no illusion it's not an easy life. <laughs> you know, it's not always pleasant life, but it's in alignment. And that's that's um, very meaningful. It's fulfilling and it's it feels right, you know. And you sleep really well at night when you close your eyes and say, yes, that was a hard day, but that was a good day, right? Yeah. Ah, uh, Thank you so very much. Misha Rubin has been my guest today. He is uh, the mastermind behind the Career Leap Method. And if you would like to find out more information on Misha and, uh, and his program that he offers, you can go to misharubin.com. I'll have links in the show notes. But if you want that to know, it's M-I-S-H-A-R-U-B-I-N.com. You can go there and find out all about the great work that Misha Rubin is doing. And um, I want to thank you again, Misha, so much for being on the show today. And I want to thank you wonderful listeners and viewers for tuning in today as well. If you want more information about the show, you can go to outoftheboxwithchristine.com. And if you want more information about me, you can go to christineblasdale.com. As always, I want to remind you to think outside that damn box. Bye for now.